We're talking today about a very lovely subject, the power given to the believer. I love this subject. I love it when the word of God, you know, when I see myself in the word of God, because the Bible says the word of God, it's like a mirror. As you behold yourself as in the mirror, you know, looking unto, you know, when we look unto him, it says, uh, you know, the glory of God, it just becomes increasing. We move from one dimension to the other of glory when we behold unto him. We see, you know, why is it, you know why is it increasing? It is because we see ourselves in the scripture. And, 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 and the glory, which is the manifestation of God, becomes much more bigger and greater in our lives. And it becomes good. I know that in the church, church circles, I'm not talking about this church alone. Many have been said, Many things have been preached about what Christians need to do. About what Christians ought to do, but they, never, they, are, they are never doing. About what Christians used to have, used to possess, and, but now they have lost. Many things have been preached about the fact that, you know, on the conduct itself, and but not giving the solutions into, actually, this is how you do. We give much more emphasis about the fact that, you know, when the preacher stands before you, you need to feel so much of the condemnation. You don't appreciate yourself, actually. You hate yourself for what you are doing. And that happens in the pulpits. But I love, I love what also the word of God comes. God does not only he does not, he does not, he does not, you know, um, he just not, he does not chasten us without the love. That's the element of love. But the Bible says, actually, even when God disciplines you, he disciplines you out of love because of, and his discipline, it's got the intended good for you. And it's something that you, you reap on, you know, and when you look at it later, you get to rejoice and you know that my father loves you. I've heard so much of the sayings that God will beat you. That you know God will punish you. But when I read the Bible, in the New Testament, Jesus was punished. The punishment, the Bible says, the chastenment of our, of our sins was put on him. He is the one who took all the total punishment that we deserved. He, he suffered as if it was me. He suffered as if it was you because of he had the sins of your life even before you came, before time. Even the sins of those who are coming, Jesus had to bear them and suffer the punishment of God. Also, he had gone to hell so that me and you never will go. I just don't believe that God can punish us so hard. The things that we believe that God is punishing us, it is actually not God who is punishing us. It is the devil himself because he's founding and in root in our lives. What we're saying, it is God. Normally we say that Mara, you find that it is not God, him, himself. It's our lack of revelation to the scriptures. And we have opened the door. We have allowed things to happen in our lives and we label that it is God. I've heard it so many times. 
when someone passes away. I'm very radical also on this one. I don't see anywhere where the Bible says death comes from God. Death comes from the disobedience, comes from the fallen nature of a human being. The Bible says death came by man and therefore life came by man, Jesus Christ himself. Death is a natural thing that is happening, but it is not the will of God. It is not from God. Yes, it is happening because of God in the earth. He does not operate as he would. He made everything. He's got laws that he has put. And everything that, the way he deals with people, he deals with them based on what he had said. How many of you know that the Bible says Jesus triumphed over the principalities and powers? Which means the devil, he has, he has destroyed him. He has, he has overcome him. Colossians chapter 1, chapter 2 basically, verse 15, talks about that. The Bible says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, the works of the enemy. That's the reason he had come. That's 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. But even today, if Jesus conquered the devil, why are we supposed to be still facing him if he is a defeated foe? If Jesus overcame the demons, According to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, you little children are loved by God. And you have overcame them. It talks about demons and the devil. It says, you have, not, not that you will. It's not about that you will overcome. You have already done. It is on the credit of Jesus himself. Jesus gave us the victory. But God comes in the book of James. He says, you are to resist the devil. And the devil will flee from you when you resist him. It is not God who is resisting the devil on your behalf from yourself. God has put a limit to himself in his word. He says, that responsibility belongs to you. The battle is won. Jesus paid the price by dying for the sin of mankind, but people are dying without living from this benefit that has happened, which is just for all. It's just because unless a human being takes the step of belonging and believing in Christ Jesus, you know, seeing this sacrifice to see, this is mine. I believe it. I speak, I confess that Jesus is my Lord. I, I take, I, I give him my life that he may give me his. You know, if you don't take this exchange, you will live even if the payment is there and you die and you go to hell because you don't believe in that. I've heard in the past, I think even last year, that the, 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 the lottery board, they were to distribute millions of rents which people won, but they were not claimed until to the time of expiry. Someone bet the numbers. Or people do bet the numbers, but they don't go to claim. Are they the winners? Yes, they are. And is the money there from the lottery board? Yes, it is there. It's waiting to be claimed. But you might find people lived 
the rest of their lives or they are living in ignorance of what is theirs and they are suffering. They were millionaires, but they did not know that they are and they never claimed. And the money was then distributed somewhere else. But I love the fact that God, God in his way tells us of what we can do. And he tells us also about, you know, what, what power we have. And he, 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 he shows us in the scriptures the secrets of faith also. You know that it is possible. It is possible for you. That's the kind of message that we're talking about today. Amen. Many people who just talk about, you know, I look at Peter himself. When the, when the Bible says Jesus was walking on water. And Peter said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come. And Jesus says, come. And he steps out of the boat and he walks on the water, which naturally it is impossible. Joining on what the master Jesus is doing in the natural state without having converted because of salvation was not there. The new covenant that had not yet started because new covenant in the blood of Jesus begins at the cross. Jesus had to die and he had to resurrect and go to the father as the high priest to go and present the sacrifice of the blood to the father because even before he went to the father he said to Mary after his resurrection do not touch me because I have not yet gone to the father but go to my brothers and say to them that I have gone to your father and my father I have gone to my God and your God you know that's the covenant kind of statement so, and, and, and there's words that are said about Peter. It's more like we're focusing on the failure of Peter. To say Peter was walking on the water, but when he moved his eyes away from the Lord and starting to focus on himself, when he started to focus on the, of the waves themselves and the winds and the problems that were against, you know, the impossibility that was there against him, he began to sink. That Peter's unbelief made him to sink. But I believe that, friends, we also have to come and celebrate the fact that Peter walked on the water. You know, instead of condemning Peter, we should be saying that, you know what, that's cool, Peter. Actually, next time, we wanted to do it more and you just grow in it. Cruise on the water without using anything that is of the natural to sustain you. The words of Jesus are very, very, very much amazing. And when we accept them as Jesus has spoken. You know, when Jesus was speaking, his language and the words, they were very clear. And they were also authoritative. In Luke chapter 4, verse 32, we find these words. And they were astonished at his teaching. For his word was with authority. The Bible says the words of Jesus were not just words. But they were the words that came. They were, you know, they were, they were equipped. 
they were incorporated with the authority. When he spoke, there was something of power that was coming out of his words. And we have that challenge. What a challenge we have. That we have to accept the words of Jesus, his commands, you know, to be our commands. What Jesus said we should. What a, what a privilege it is that we can accept that. And what, when we accept that, the Bible calls it faith. It says now you are walking in faith. Now you, you, you have started to believe. There, there, there's many things that Jesus spoke about our power. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, he says, Behold, I give you power to walk upon serpents and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy. And he didn't, he didn't say the power that he gives to the disciples was not just a little power or a power to walk upon some. It says all, totality of the power of the enemy. So he was saying, the power that I give you, church, the power that I give you, my disciples, it's much more higher than even the greater power of the devil, of the devil and all his system. Serpents, scorpions, and everything. Imagine what will happen in your life if you just accept it and just believe it that, you know what, when Jesus was saying, I give you power, then it means that power I have. In Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, Jesus spoke these words. Actually, the Bible says about him and the disciples. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. See? The disciples, he gave them power. He gave them power and the authority over all demons. I just want to emphasize this morning. If you are the child of God, you do have the power over demons. If you are the child of God, you have the power over the prince of demons, which is the devil. If you are born again, this power belongs to you. And Everything that this kingdom stands for, guess what? You've got the power over it. And you do have, because it comes from God. Mark chapter 3, verse 14 to 15, it says, Then he appointed twelve, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out demons. He gave these guys power that they have to heal the sick and also that they will have to cast out all demons. The power was given to them. In Matthew 28 verse 18, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus was saying after his resurrection as a human being, before his death, the reason he came was to claim back the power that, that you know, Adam and Eve had given away to the devil. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that the God of this world, it calls the devil the God of this world. Even Jesus himself, he said, the prince of this world has got no hold on me. He acknowledged. The reason he came was to seek and to save what was lost. Some of the things that were lost was the authority and the power and the dominion that God given to man when he created man, when he said to him, he should have dominion. Do you know that even in the state of the dominion, in the beginning, one of the commands that God spoke to Adam and Eve was that they are to be fruitful and to multiply and to subdue the earth. It means even the children that were to be born, there would be certain things that they will need to grow up to and, you know, take authority over certain areas. And now, you know, they basically expand their, their, their rulership. They expand their, you know, their domains of authority. They move forward. And in the Old Testament, there's a principle that I see that it never have changed. God would say to the Israelites, I have given you then this nation. I, Jericho, I have given it to you. It's yours. He would say to Joshua in chapter 1, Every area where you will go, I have given it to you. He says to Abraham, you know, look about northward, southward, west and east. Wherever that you can look and see, I have given you that area. But the reality is, when God says I've given you, there is a step of faith that you need to take in order to possess. Every time possession was a step that needed to be, to be done. You know, Adam and Eve and, and, and their generation, if they had not fallen, but they chose to remain in the little space of the Garden of Eden, they would not have subdued other areas. But the instruction was for them to subdue. Now, if the Israelites didn't take the step to go and fight, they would not have plundered the nations that they did. Even if God says, I've given you know, them to you. There's always a step of faith, believing what God says. And when we walk in it, then we just possess those things. That's how it is. You know, the, the principle of possession simply means you believe, you act, or you speak as God spoke to you in our new covenant. The Israelites, yes, they had to go and fight physical battles sometimes in order to take possession. Because they were in the physical. Now, the kingdom of God, now it's no longer in the flesh. It is in the spirit. The Bible says, even the fight that we fight is not the fight of the flesh and blood. It's not against people. We're not fighting against demons, but we fight against the ideologies and the deception and everything that wants to torment our mind for us not to see the things of God. The attack is in the mind itself. They are taking it in what you are thinking. People are thinking about. And you, you get to have fear. You don't testify. You don't do the work of God. You are afraid to even lay the sick on someone who says, I've got a headache. You're thinking, what if it does not happen? The question is, who said to you, you should go and lay hands upon the sick? When I read in the book of uh, Mark chapter 16, Verse 17 and 18. Are you okay, friends? Yeah, you are too quiet. 
16 verse 17 and 18 mark it says and these signs will follow those who believe the signs will follow everyone that believes in Christ Jesus we have a problem today in the days of today that the gospel that we preach the teachings that we bring and everything that we say we seldom see the signs following exactly what we are saying it's more like, you know, perhaps I, I'm just thinking, how did the church lose the fact of having the Holy Spirit, you know, manifesting in the midst with signs, miracles, and wonders? It might have been people started to move off the promises, wanted to do things on their own without reference to the scriptures. Or perhaps they failed on some areas. Someone was praying for someone to get healed and the person never get healed and they even died. And after that, they formulated the doctrine to say, you know what, these things are no longer working. Perhaps they were working, you know, with the people that walk closer with Jesus, the disciples, you know, themselves. And they are no longer working for the church because of the church is much more distant from Christ himself. And if it was the only the apostles... What about the 70? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 10, he gave the 70, you know, he, he gave them the command, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely I have given you, freely give. Someone says, no, it's because of it was the 70 and they were part of the team of Jesus and that is why they were able to do that. Hang on. What about Philip? Philip, the Bible doesn't show anything. He was in the part of the apostles' team. It says Philip is one of the guys like Stephen who were just people, the believers in Christ, who were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were, they were having the wisdom, they were operating in the gift of God and they had faith, they were full of faith. And miracles, signs and wonders were performed by them. Yeah, I love, I, love, I love the gospel. It's very liberating. Peter, one day, stands. In, in Acts chapter 3, they were going into the temple, into the hour of prayer. The Bible says there was a crippled guy who was crippled from birth. The person never knew how to walk, let alone crawling, I think. If he never walked for the rest of his life and his feet were crippled for the rest of his life and he was old and he was put at the temple gate to, to beg, then it was naturally impossible. The, the, the medical system or the, you know, the, 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 the um, medical science could not help this guy. It was impossible. It was beyond what human being can do. And Peter finds this guy and he says, look at us. You know? Look at us. How many times have you heard people saying, no, it is not me. You know, God has given you the gift and you sing very well now. You know, and there's that. And when people come and they say, you know, I understand that there's an element of wanting to guard yourself not to be proud. But you'd say, no, it is not me. 
you know, it's just, it's just by grace, but it is not me. You know? And people would say, no, don't look at us. Because if you look at us, and we will disappoint you because we've got our failures. And we are human beings. If you look at our lives in order for you to relate with God and to get encouraged, look, you are going to be destroyed one day. Because of what if, if we fail. And you will look counting on us. Yes, it's not about people counting on us. But Paul simply says, as a man of God, imitate me. As I imitate Christ. So Peter says, look at us. And it's not about that. And he says, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I give. You see, there's one thing that I like about what Peter is saying. Peter acknowledges and he declares that he's got something in his life. And the thing that he has, it's exactly what Jesus said. Behold, I give you power. Peter was saying, I do have the power. It's given to me by God. And actually, what I have, I'm going to give it to you. It's more like it is right for Peter to say, I have the power. But it is, it is, it is, it is blasphemy for you to say, I have the power. And the church will never confess, I do have the power. And I believe those, those are one of the enemies of faith that kills our faith in order for us not to see the things that we are supposed to see in God. We, we fancy the idea that, you know what, find yourself thinking, you know, if, if, if Elijah was here in this day, especially when we, when we come into the problems of our area, you know, if, if, if there was Moses, you know, Moses, he was that guy, ne? he used to hear God and God would just speak to him. The Bible says he was speaking to him face to face as a friend to a friend. And God would speak, you know, God would just give him power and instructions. And, you know, that guy, he was so powerful. You know, he was anointed. He was the man of God to such an extent that he would just, you know, take the stick and point at the sea. And the sea, you know, just literally, literally, something that has never happened. Even after when Moses, the sea never have parted. And which is something that is fighting against the, the natural mind to say, no, this, you know, the things that the Bible talks about, the natural mind has got problems with them because of it can, they don't make sense. It cannot understand them. How can the sea be opened and it becomes dry? Do you really believe these stories? These stories? Is, it, is it not an exaggeration? No, it is not. It is the power of God in operation. I believe it. When, when, when people, when the Pharisees were, 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 were requesting a sign from Jesus Christ to say, if you are the son of man, then give us a sign. And he says, you know what? There's no sign that I'm going to give you. Except for the sign of Jonah. Something that they had a problem with. That is it possible really for someone to be swallowed by a fish, by a whale, for three days being swallowed? And to come back to life and this thing vomits him and he's still alive. And he continues to do that and he says, you know, exactly what you are having trouble with because of you are natural people. You operate by the natural mind. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 7 that, you know, to be carnally minded is enmity against God. Because the carnal mind cannot accept the things of God. Neither can it do so. It is impossible for the mind of the flesh to take what is of God. 
You know, they would say, if, if, if Elijah was here, you know that man, he was so powerful. He would just call the fire just like that. You know, fire from heaven and it comes, it consumes. It consumes the sacrifice. Uh, you know, Elijah was so powerful and God would hear him. You know, he gave him successes because he would just simply, you know, pray to God that it should not rain. And the rain was stopped in the entire land for three and a half years. And the Bible says, actually, Elijah was just a man like me and you. He was subject to the very same passions that you do have. And he was not an angel. Even if he, was, he didn't even die. You know, Elijah never have tasted death. The Bible says he was translated. He was changed when he was alive. He was carried, you know, even the mantle, the garment, the garment just fell. And he was gone in the chariot of fire. But it's the man that would have faith just like me and you in God. So it simply means Elijah just believed God as an ordinary person. And what God was saying and what God was standing for, he just took it literally and it was just because it became his and he lived, you know, sustained by the power of God. And there was a man by the name Joshua. Joshua, the Bible records, he made something that is impossible also. Something that is contrary to the human mind. It says that day when he was, he was in the battle for God, at the instruction of God, he saw that the time was running out. And he just, you know, declared that the sun should, should, should just stop. And the Bible says the sun did stop. Now, the natural mind has got the problem, more especially in the, t in the days of technology. People are arguing from the fact that, look, the Bible is inaccurate. If it says the sun did, you know, stop, the world is a global thing. It's a globe, actually. It is not the sun that is rotating against. So, the Bible is misplaced. The sun does not rotate. But the earth do rotate, revolves around the sun and other planets. But the Bible says, that day, you know, time just, just remained. A man just like me and you. And the Bible actually shows that the earth is rotating itself in the book of Job. Those who are arguing that the Bible is wrong in that, it shows that the earth, it has always been the scientists are the ones who have missed it because of they thought the world was flat. The earth was just flat. And actually, it, it, you know, and, but, but they just had to learn. And these things, they revolve after the time. What we believe in science today and what we have as, the, as, the, as lovely technologies, they are the things that tomorrow we are going to look at this and laugh to say, what was this? You know, the, 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 the Samsung Galaxy you have today in 10 years' time, you're going to look at that and you say, wow, we thought that was a technology. And that's nothing. Things change. We have new discoveries, but the word of God remains forever. The Bible says something that the mind does not understand, but this is an element of faith. It says our strength, our strength comes in weakness. The Bible says God chose the, you know, has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And when the call of God comes, 
people of God, like I believe when we talk about the miraculous, the signs and wonders, that's where most of the people, uh, Christians, class themselves and they say, not me. Me, I don't have the anointing. Me, I don't have that power. Me, I have not grown yet to that. But it's not only you. Moses said the same when God was sending him. He said, but I'm inexperienced. I cannot speak. I mean, I, I'm not the person who should go and face Pharaoh. But God simply said, never say that. I am with you. Gideon tried to do that. And he said, when the angel of God came, declared what God sees you know, in him to say, mighty man of valor. And he says, no, I'm from the smallest of that land. It is not me. Jeremiah said, he said the same thing. I'm only a child. And God says, do not say you are only a child. It is more like the problem is in the speaking itself. How you say your, you see yourself and witness, you know, just basically voice it out. It looks like the problem is there. But God says, you know, my strength is made perfect in the weaknesses. He acknowledged that you are weak. Because the Bible doesn't say you are greater. It says greater is he that is in you than the devil that is in the world. The strength is not on the human strength, but it's in the Christ account strength. Be strong in the Lord, not in yourself. Be strong in the Lord. This is the positional statement. You have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus is blessed. And I love it when, when Ephesians comes. It says, blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is blessed and his son Jesus Christ is blessed. He's worthy. He has all these things. And it says, in the same way, because you are in him. You have the blessings and they are yours, but they are spiritual blessings. And God lives in the spiritual realm and these blessings are the spiritual blessings. But you live in the natural realm, then it means it is your responsibility to believe that they come and they manifest in the natural realm. So it's faith. Evidences the things that are not seen, that are not felt. I'm putting the feelings there. You might not feel it, but by faith, you, you just, you know, evidence it. Just by faith, just by believing. Jesus once said these words, and I think mostly when it, you know, when we say this, we 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 emphasizing what God said. When we speak these things, which are in the scriptures, because I just believe Jesus has learned from the Father about this. He said these words: "I can of my own self do nothing." But question: Was Jesus doing nothing? Jesus always did many things, man. Jesus always performed miracles, man. Jesus always, wherever he, you know, <clears throat> about him, there's so much of the record of him casting many de demons. And Jesus says, all that came to him, he healed them. There's so much of the declaration that he healed them all. Jesus, you know, performed the miracle of changing water, water for literally water to become wine. And that's the sign and the power of God. And the Bible says that was the first of his miracles. And but he was saying, of myself I cannot do. He was always referencing to say the fact, my power comes from God. 
but I do. Whatever that I do, I see my father do and I do likewise. And Jesus also said about us, without me, you can do nothing. But the, the, the reality is, if you are in Christ, you are not without him. You are with him. He said, I will be with you forever. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then it means because of his with you, you can do everything that the word of God says you can do. You know, and the works that I am doing, you will do. That's, that's, that's John chapter 14 verse 23. Even greater works than this, you will do also because I go to the father. There's a declaration also in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. It says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And Joel chapter 3, verse 10 says, let the weak say, I am strong. It's a biblical requirement, friends. God doesn't want us to look at our weaknesses. God does not want us to focus on our inabilities. God does not want us to focus on our poverty, our lack. God does not want us to focus on our sickness because these things are not from him. What he wants us to focus on and what he wants us to, to declare, to speak about them, it is what he, he has, you know, his covenant has. Because of sickness is not the covenant of God. Do people get sick? Yes. Christians do get sick? Yes, they do. But the covenant has provided. You know, the Bible says our healing basically comes when we focus on what God has given us. So it's more like you need to go and learn about what do the words say about my healing? What do the words say about my deliverance? What do the words say? And actually the Bible, Christians, can they be demon oppressed? Yes. Even though the Bible says you have been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the dear son of God's love. But people, when they open up, to the demonic oppression and demons do come they take that opportunity because of they love to oppress the church but even though the bible says you have been delivered so if you focus on the fact that i am delivered even the things that have been a bondage to your life they will have to shift because of now you are believing the higher truth and that truth is waking in you paul also used to declare the statement that i love he says, I can do all things, not some things. Paul never continued to talk about what he could not do. We have been cultivated by the world system. It is programmed in us that we talk so much about the things that we cannot do. We talk about the things that we are weak on. You know, you, we're talking about the problems. The Bible doesn't deny the fact that there are problems. Uh -uh. It says problems are there. But if you have problems, if you have anxieties, you've got things that you're worrying about, if you've got burdens in your life, the Bible says, cast all your care. It doesn't say, ask God to remove the care. So the responsibility is with you. And when you cast it out, it's not with you. If you cast and you realize that I'm still worrying, then it means you didn't, you didn't cast. You simply spoke about it, and, but you took it back and simply said, and now you, st you start to talk about it. The Bible says, any matter where if two people would agree on earth about touching anything, it is established for them. So what happens? Not that we, we shouldn't talk about the problems that we're having. Actually, it is encouraged. Find someone that you know that they're going to do something about your problem. Spiritual people. 
about that. So if you talk to your friends about your problem, who are going to talk to the other friends? And you know that they talk about that. She's got a problem. He's got a problem. This is the problem of this guy. And now because of now, you know, there's 50 people who are talking about the problem. They agree. Yes, you do have a problem. It is you. And that it is established in here. The Bible says the power of binding and losing it is in this world. Whatever that you shall bound on earth it is bound in heaven. Whatever that you lose on earth, it shall be loosed also. Or it is loosed in heaven. And that just happens here. And God has got the inheritance for us. The church has got inheritance. God has promised us the promised land, which is the life. The promises that we have in the scriptures are not for heaven, friends. Canaan, Israelites were promised Canaan in the flesh. And it was the land which was on the earth. So now we have been promised a good life and a life of power and authority, which is the spiritual life. And that life, it is not for heaven because in heaven there's perfection already. But it is the good, victorious life for this earth. I believe that believing in God, we can see great things. And believing that we are whom the word of God says we are. Amen. Can I conclude quickly by mentioning the fact that actually the power of control has been given to every believer. You, if you are the believer in Christ, you have been given the authority as the word of God says you do have. And God leaves the control of what we say, our language to ourselves. God says you need to watch what you say. Because it is in the scripture, the world does not say anything about you can have what you say. It is, it is only in the scripture. The scripture says, actually, the, the, the life and death are in the power of your tongue. So your power has got, and your tongue has got the power. What you say, it's what you get. There's not just, no, I'm just saying these things just for the sake of saying. You can just say them, but if they are, they are not in line with the covenant of God, Guess who is doing them against you? Exactly what you are saying. You know what? Nothing is working out for me. And there's someone that is listening. It's not, it's not the word of God. The word of God says everything works together for the good for you who love God. And because of that's not the love of God, then it means there will be the kingdom that is going to perform that against yourself. James, in the book of James said, in chapter 3, he said that you put beads on horse's mouth to turn its whole body. Isn't it amazing? A horse is strong. It can run. You know, it can kick. That thing, it's a very strong kind of an animal. It says how you control it as a human being, you just have to put something on its mouth. And when you turn that bead, then its direction goes there. And it's just that, it's more like you control the, 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 uh, the horse by the tongue. And it says also that even uh, you put a rudder on the ship to turn the whole ship. You know, just the big, you know, ships, boats, sheep in the water. Those things are huge, man. It's so amazing that just a little thing, you know, at the back, it's able to control the direction of that thing. It says you control it by a small, small kind of an object, a rudder. It's and, and it shows, and it says, so is the tongue, 
so situated among the members of our bodies, it can defile the whole body. It says, what, what comes out of your mouth can make your whole body sick. Your, 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 your tongue can make your whole body bound. You know, your tongue can bring healing and it can also destroy you. It can, it can bind everything. The key is just on what we're speaking because that's, we're releasing the authority that God has put in our lives. So if we, we control the tongue, the body will respond to our words. Including if you are suffering from a chronic illness. The one that they are saying there's no cure for it. What you need to do is just to maintain it. You need to take a medication. They need to check you and there's no cure for it. Medical science says that, but God never said that. God said by his stripes you were healed. You know, God said, I am the Lord that heals you. It's the covenant. That it's not possible, it's not from him. Even if when you say to it, to God, that my father, this sickness is incurable, it's not what he said. And Jesus is the high priest of our confession. He's seated with the father that when we confess things that are in line with the word of God, then he mediates between the father and he says, father, did you hear what he said? This is your word. Let's see to it that he fulfills. Because of God, in the book of uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, he says, I watch my weight to fulfill it, to perform it. What I'm looking for is my weight. I'm looking for my weight to perform it. And the Bible in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, shows us that angels have been assigned to every one of us. In verse 1, I mean, chapter 1, verse 14, it says, are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? It's asking the question about angels. Are they not ministering spirits who have been sent and commanded? The angels don't do their will, friends. Angels are not, are not to speak. You are the one who has got the liberty. You can either choose to speak your own words or speak God's words. But angels have been made to speak only what is coming from God. When an angel comes with the message of God, they will just come, you know, it's an angel appearing and telling you something, but it is not their weight. It is, the angels are messengers and they are faithful messengers. And it says they are there to minister to you. In Revelation chapter 22 verse 8 and 9, it, it says, Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. An angel was sent by God to show John certain things. And he says, he even fell to worship the angel. We are not supposed to worship the angels, friends. We worship God. That's how it is. And it says, in verse 9, Then the angel said to me, See that you do not do that. What? Do not worship me. For I am your fellow servant. The angel was saying, look, for me, what is my work is to serve you. I am a servant to you. I am a fellow servant to you and of your brethren, the prophets, and those who keep the words of this book, worship God. You know, the angel was saying, my, my job is to serve you, to serve the prophets, and to serve your brothers. Everyone that is keeping the weight of this book. 
So when you speak the words of this book, this world does not understand. But when we speak the words of this book, we are releasing the power that is within us. When we act according to this book, the word of God, we're releasing the power of God. We are agreeing with God. Faith is not to believe in the positive things. It's not anything that you think about. It's something when you act and declare what God has said as a promise to you. That is faith. In Psalm 103 verse 20. It says, bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength. You know, angels are empowered with strength. They excel. That's what the Bible says. With strength. Actually, the people mostly who saw angels by the vision God allowed, you know, they fell prostrate as if they were dead. Just by the, the mere fact of seeing an angel and the glory that is upon the angels. But it says they excel in strength. Who do his weight? Angels do God's weight. Heeding the voice of his weight. So the voice only that the angels take and listen to is the voice of his weight. So if the church does not voice God's way, does not speak about God's way, does not say the word of God, like Jesus and the apostles have always been saying the word of God, then angels have got nothing to do on their behalf. And but demons are ready to do and to keep you bond bound in bondage but god has loved us i believe friends that we need this is not a one day thing it's something that you need to do regularly and practice and train yourself in this because the real you you are the spirit man in god you are not the flesh god simply says we need to control our bodies by what we are saying you know when you say the word of god is different to when i say it as you're listening to me because of that is not your way. It is not yet in you. But when you say it, the Bible says actually faith comes by hearing the word of God. And it comes much more quicker. Faith gets much more stronger and live, you know, alive when it is you saying that. When you hear yourself saying that, faith becomes, you know, it rises in you. Here is one thing. As human beings, the Bible says in the book of James, we can train anything. We can tame animals, snakes, and, and, you know, things to do the things that we human beings want. Including birds. You can, you, can, you can train a parrot bird to say the things that you say. But the reality is, birds and animals don't understand the language that we speak. You have to regularly speak, you know, call a name to a dog. And now the dog gets to understand that when you mention this name, you, you're calling it. And it comes running. Every time, it is when you repeatedly did it, done that. So I just want to bring an encouragement to us, to us, church. That if you have failed yesterday, that's not an end. Keep on. Look at the word of God. Because this is the covenant that we have been given. It is sealed in the scriptures. It comes from God and that's the will of God. God wants us to be victorious. And our victory is not something that will come automatically. But when you take a step and start speaking, you know, when you face problems, it's not about to start talking about Because when we talk about the problems, we are magnifying them. We make them to look so great. We make them to become impossible. You know, but when we ignore the problems, not because of they are not there, but they are there. But we ignore their existence because of we believe in the higher truth, which says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But God delivers them out of them all.
the focus should be on my deliverance in this. My weight should be when I feel myself, you know, having some cough. It's something that I'm doing lately since last year and I've seen fruit. I am not perfect in it. I'm learning, but I'm seeing something of the fruit. When I see myself or starting to feel, you know, uh, somehow like flu is attacking me, I ne I'm no longer saying I'm catching on flu because I'm not catching it. I'm saying rather I am healed. And I just think that if we continue in this and it just returns, it does not, I have never slept to bed like I used to do on flu itself. Because of my confession. When headache attacks me, I just let it. Headache go in Jesus' name. Two minutes later, it's no longer there. And I'm free. You know, it's something that I exercise, friends. And I believe that, you know, this is the authority. I learn to exercise my authority in the word of God because that's what the word of God says. If you can tame an elephant to do the things, you know ele an elephant is big. You tame it to do things that you can play with it in circus. The Bible says you can even train your body to respond to what your word says. You're training them with the weight and you can even train your body with the weight that I am healed. I am well. And that's how we even minister with the healing. That's how we minister with the miracles and we see breakthroughs. You know, if you see, you say it and it does not happen, don't worry. It's something in the, in the realm of the spirit has shifted. Continue. God watches his way to perform it. It should not be your problem. Yours is to glorify God, to thank him. Because if you say, the Bible says, if we ask anything from God, we should believe that we receive it. And if you believe that you receive it, the Bible says you will have it. So your focus is no longer on it. Are you getting to receive? But it's just to say, I have received it. And when you do that, it comes so quickly. It comes so quickly. One day, I was working at work in the morning. On a Friday, I witnessed a woman who was struggling to walk. She was working on crutches. And she looked to be in serious pain. I tried to ignore her and go to, but I couldn't. You know, the, the compassion of Jesus just rose in me. And I went to their, we are in a business park. There are many companies. I, I've gone into that company and knocked. I'm looking for another woman. I saw her here. She's working on crutches. I'm here to pray for them. The manager actually is the one who came to me. And she was so amazed. Pray. Okay, it's fine. We know her. And when they called her, she took, you know, for a distance of where I saw her, I was standing in here. They didn't allow me to get into the company. I was just at the door. She took like literally two minutes, hardly working. Even if she had two crutches. Just prayed for her by faith when she got there. I was with another guy, my colleague. I called her, him, let's go. And we, there's something that I want to do. You know, prayed for her in the name of Jesus. She had suffered a fracture from an accident. Uh, she could not walk. She was in serious pain. But when we finished there, all the pains were gone. She had the spikes. She was saying that, you know, under my feet, I feel something like it's a spike. You know, they are piercing through. And those things had ceased. And But when we left, she came going slowly. But when we left, she was now, you know, using one crutch and going at a faster rate. You know, it was like, oh, glory to God. <laughs> and that in itself is the step of faith. You know, it's the boldness that we need. It's something that God has deposited in us. I want to encourage you. 
rise up and do the work for God. Can we stand on our feet?